How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking to our learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. So, uh, last couple weeks, summertime, it's, it's been beautiful. It's really been amazing. I had a sister-in-law with her kids, and two of my children with grandchildren. That was two weeks ago, and they went camping and bonfires and tents, and we did bowling, and we did parks, and we, I took them to my classroom to color on the, on the whiteboard. I guess that also counts as uh, entertainment. Did rope climbing, and then this week, it's, we've just been like, just flying, like day trips and little trips and quick trips. So I had to pick up one of my sons from camp, and my daughter wanted to see some of her friends from the East Coast. So we had a plan. We were going to leave Sunday-ish or Monday. We ended up, instead of being one or two of us, it became uh, my wife, myself, two kids. We left early Sunday, went to about a uh, third into Pennsylvania. We, um, we went to Penn Caves. That was great. My, for my youngest, he's not a, an amusement park guy. So this was great. This was the caves, the stalactites, the stalagmites, and the boat, and and the um, they had this old school bus. It was unbelievable. They have like a like a um, it's almost like, I guess you would call it a um, a safari, but you're not going in a car. You're going on a bus. The windows are there's no windows. There's a roof, um, but there's no windows, and great lady bring you around and talking and every animal she stops and turns off the bus and restarts the bus like you're in school. It's like an old an old school bus. It was amazing. She's going up these hills and driving on the side of the road like this is like Jeep type driving and she's driving the bus like a Jeep. It was unbelievable. Uh, okay. Make it to New York. Visit my mother. The way back. So I pick up my son upstate New York and we went ahead and we were going to this uh, what was it called? T and D's, I think it was called. I think T and D's um, cat refuge or something in the middle of Pennsylvania to get there up and down roads and and the mountains and climbing and who knows what. Um, also different like, refuge. I tell my kids like an old fashioned zoo because there were cages. Everything was in cages, but these are animals that have to be cared for. They it's not a zoo. Uh, it's like a donation when you go in. But they had tons of tigers that and came really close to you. Like it was, the kids loved it. The kids just loved it. Yesterday, what normally takes ten hours to get from uh, New York to Detroit, um, we left seven thirty in the morning, and we um, we what time we get there? Like twelve o'clock at night. Oh, yeah, that's why I feel like I have to sneeze. But anyways, um, so but I am back. And talking about children is a great intro for what we want to talk about today. But before we start talking about children, of course, to all my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show, and I need your help. To help the show spread and to continue the show, 
I need you to go to my homepage. I need you to hit that donate button. There's four different levels there. Any amount you give is, of course, greatly appreciated. Leave a name. I'll give you a shout out. You want a uh, in memory of? You want a, a a prayer for someone who needs a, to who's sick and needs to be healed, or anything? Happy birthday works just as well. Just leave a note in the box. We will announce those. And in advance, I do thank you. Okay. So, the Torah portion called Akev, very unusual word. Uh, we'll talk about it. It will be, and you have this word, Akev, that you will listen. It should have just said, and it will be when you listen or if you will listen. And instead, the Torah uses this unusual word called Akev. Akev is from the word heal, which uh, therefore leaves multiple possibilities for what's going on here. And if we have time, we'll get into that. But before we get there, I want to jump ahead to the next couple of verses. And it starts talking about rewards. If we keep the Torah, we'll get rewards. We have children. We've talked about children before. Food, grain, wine, oil, cattle, sheep. Um, a long list. And my first question always is when I see that verse, and this is not the only place. The other place is in Bechukosai. Um That's it. I know it's God created the world. He created everything. He's all powerful. He gave me amazing rewards. And, my, and, and I'm getting a physical reward. But, but that's how long do we live in this world for already? 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. By the time people are in their 90s, it's all over anyways. There's a select few. But how long are we living already, right? In the grand scheme of things. But, but spiritually, we live forever. So if all I'm going to get for doing what I'm supposed to do is, yeah, it's nice in the moment. Don't get me wrong. 20, 30, 40, 50 years of having a wonderful family and you can afford your house and you can afford your food and you have a car and you go on trips and you enjoy life. That's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. But it, that can't be it. That can't be everything that I'm supposed to get. It's just impossible. And... Rabbeinu B'chai says here, he says in both places, really, um, the Torah has a little bit of a problem. As how are you supposed to explain a spiritual reward that goes on forever to physical beings? We don't, we don't relate to that. It has no value to us. It has no meaning to us. We wouldn't even know what to do with it. So therefore, the Torah has to, has to tell you, this is the first answer. We're going to have another answer. And you may not, you know, the first answer may not work for you. The second answer, I think, will work for you. But we, 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 we need to relate, right? The Torah needs to give me something that I can relate to. I need to know if, I, if I'm good, God is going to reward me. Okay, what do I relate to as rewards? Okay, healthy children, my own health, um, my own food, my farms, my cattle, at least in those days when everything was farms, right? Stuff that I relate to, okay? So you tell me, God, that if I do what I'm supposed to do, there is a reward. I relate to that. But the truth is, this is not the main focus of what the reward is or should be, but it's just to let us know there's such a thing as a reward. That in itself is very powerful. Um, however... Um, I wonder what I did in this order. All right, we're gonna, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get to the second. So let's let's hold that question, okay? We have the question: Who cares about physical rewards? I've given you one answer. 
But there's another answer I want to get to, but I see in my prep that I got into some other things. First, let's get into those other things first, and then we'll come back to it. We'll just go in order, otherwise my eyes will get all confused. Now, this word, Ekev, I told you, Vahaya Ekev Tishman. It will be, again, literally to be when you listen, because you listen, but there's multiple translations for this word, because it's an unusual word. It also means heal, but heal won't fit into the translation. So Rashi translates, you'll do those commands that people normally walk on, and Ekev is a heal. You'll do even the commands that people uh, uh, walk on, they don't pay such good attention to them, they don't, uh, it doesn't seem to be so valuable um, they explain, for example, what are, what are those commands you do with your ankle? Anything with walking. You walk to pray. You walk to visit the sick. You accompany a guest out of your home. You accompany a, a person who's being buried. So just for the walking, just that simple act, that part of the act also brings along with it tremendous, tremendous reward. Um... To let's now backtrack a little bit. So I asked you originally, I said, uh, this is the whole reward, like what's the big deal? But there's really a bigger problem. The bigger problem is that the Talmud says that there is no reward for keeping Torah commands in this world. It's true. We see people that... Um, we, we see people that have a good life. We see people that have a horrible life. That has nothing to do, for the most part, we'll see, with I am good, I'm not good. That was Moses' great question. Why do bad people have it good? Why do good people have it bad? That's a totally different calculation. In that calculation, what happens is that God looked at me before I was born, and God made a whole bunch of decisions, and we don't know why. It's too hard for us to comprehend why. You'll be wealthy, healthy family, not healthy, poor. Um, you're going to live here. You're going to live there. You're going to have this type of situation, that type of situation. It's God sort of dealt out the cards before we're born. Now your job is, can you be good? Can you do mitzvahs? Can you do God's commands with the hand you were dealt. Obviously, different people will have different um, requirements, different responsibilities at the end of the day. I just heard yesterday a quote from the Seal Sharm. Right? Even the, the, the person who seems not to be so talented and not to have things going so well, in the world to come, he could be on top because he used whatever little he had to become as great as he could be. So it's irrelevant, right, what, what, what kind of life we have, really. As all reward is supposed to be in the next world based on what we did in this world. What we have in this world, for the most part, is not supposed to have any bearing at all on, on, uh, on, on having a good life. And it doesn't exactly work. We're going to see. We're going to touch on it. But it doesn't exactly work to say, that, that, well, God, you know, I'm being good, so you have to be good to me. Oh, if I don't do this, right, then uh, I don't want to tell this to some people. Some people, the only reason they're good is because they're afraid they're going to get struck by lightning. But in general, right, what I get in this world is already determined. 
It's already determined what kind of life I'm going to have. What's not determined is what am I going to do with that life I have. Now, again, we're going to see that's not totally true. And that's certainly subject to change. Prayer is one of those things that I become a different person. I pray, become closer to God, and I'm a different person. So God will give me things that I'm asking for. That's a totally separate topic, and it's getting a little far away from what I want. But there is an interesting story. Um, there was a time in Europe where many great rabbis got together. The, the schools were suffering terribly. There just was no food. This was between the two world wars. They, they couldn't get food to the students. They, the housing was an issue. They were, I mean, the whole Europe was, was suffering. So a, a, one of the rabbis there said to the great Chavetz Chaim, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with God. I will trade the tefillin, the, my phylacteries that I put on this morning. Forget about giving me a reward in the world to come. God should use that to support all the organizations, all the schools, all those students, and we'll have enough money for everything. Isn't that a great idea? As I'm willing to give up one day, I'm not giving up my whole life. One day I'm willing to give up. So Chavz Chaim told me, he says, you don't understand it doesn't compute. It doesn't. You can't take a spiritual reward and buy physical with it. It just doesn't work. It's 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 the wrong um, it's it's the wrong currency, right? Now, there's certain things you can't buy. Right? If you walk in with a thousand dollar bill, they do exist, by the way. If you walk in with a thousand dollar bill and you want to buy a piece of candy for a nickel, they're not giving you change. They take it lost. It's the wrong currency, right? So, so Alan. By the way, um, my screen went blank. I hope that's okay. But in any case, so, but let's back up now. So now we have another problem. Here we have a a, a contradiction. The Torah says on one hand, the Torah says that um, we don't get rewarded for doing God's uh, mitzvos in this world. And you have this week's Torah portion of Akev that clearly says if you keep the mitzvos, you're going to get rewarded in this world. So what gives, right? It, it obviously can't be both. So the Zerah Shimshin says, very, very interesting. He says like this. He wants to learn that Vahaya Akev Tishmon, the word Akev, he's going to translate. Now there, there's an Archaim, which we'll try to get to. He has multiple explanations on this unusual word Akev. And one of them is if I am Akev. Now he says Akev means if I do things, it's a great Yiddish word. If I do things do things with a real geschmack, a real excitement, a real exuberance, a real joy, if I can do God's commands and be happy and excited and ecstatic when I do them, or in Yiddish we say the word geschmack, right? Then, then we have a whole new set of rules and regulations. In other words, if I do the rules and regulations, let's say I honor my parents because I understand it makes sense. My parents brought me into this world. It makes sense I honor them. Not because God said to honor them. Oh, we're back. But I, I go ahead and I honor my parents because... Now, again, I'm, there's two ways to honor my parents. I honor my parents because I recognize a very nice thing to do. They took care of me. They raised me like those old uh, lotto... 
um, advertisements. The mother says, you know, well, because my mother changed my diaper, so her hands will never have to get dirty and she'll have cleaning help for life and, you know, stuff like that. In other words, that's very simple, basic recognition. My parents took care of me. I'll take care of them. That's one way. It's you did. God wants you to to honor your parents, and you are honoring them. But there's a little bit of a caveat over there. You're honoring your parents because you think it's a good idea, or you don't commit murder because you think murder is a bad thing. It is a bad thing. That's one way of doing God's Torah. What I understand makes sense to me. I'm going to do it. If it doesn't make sense to me, I'll see if I do it. Or I could do things because God said so, right? Not because it makes sense. It doesn't have to make sense to me. I'm doing it now. Maybe I'm doing both. First of all, I understand why I should be doing it. It makes sense. And furthermore, I'm doing it because God said so. Now, there are differences, by the way, in, in those nuances. Uh, murder is one of the more famous ones. If I don't murder because it makes sense, so what about a person who's suffering um, in a hospital? Right, or the DNR, right, or pulling the plug. Right, that story recently in England where the government said where this kid doesn't have a life or he's brain dead or whatever this situation was, and they said we're pulling the plug, we're done. Because in that sense, that's not murder because this person doesn't have a life. So now you made your own calculation. When murder makes sense to, to be against the law, it's against the law. When it doesn't make sense, then all of a sudden, um, I could do whatever I want. Right? You could take that. I want to get into the abortion debate. It's really not, not what I'm looking for. But if you believe that that child is alive in the mother's stomach, right? so how do you get to make a decision of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense? So if your concept of murder is dependent on your understanding of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, then you could decide this is, uh, it makes sense in this case. I have to get a mother. It's her body or whatever the reason is. So, right, if, if it's up to you what makes sense to you, then yeah, then that's, uh, you could decide it's not murder. But if murder is, because God said you're not allowed to murder, so now you have a problem. You can't just pull the plug, right? You can't just kill a baby in the womb if you decide it's a living being. You can't um, just say this person is suffering. Um, and therefore, he should be allowed to be killed. A person can't say, I want to commit suicide because uh, I don't want to live anymore. So there's a, there's a major difference now between, between doing something because you think it makes sense and doing something because God said so. So the Zerah Shimshin says like this, if you have the ability to keep the Torah and the mitzvahs to do God's commands, not only because it makes sense to you. But even if it does make sense to you, or even if it does make sense to you, but you're doing it because God said, so now we have a whole new level that you've reached. On this new level, God says, you're doing things extra, right? You're going above and beyond. You're not, you're not relying on your own intelligence anymore. So now God's going to reciprocate. And God's going to say, I got to give you extra reward. And I'm going to give you a reward with things that will help you do more commands. Do more mitzvahs. So you're doing, God says, you're doing what I want you to do. You're going above and beyond. Let me make the situation that you can do more. You can do more. 
You'll have the children to do more. You'll have the money to do more. You'll have the animals, the farms, the grains. You won't be struggling. You'll be wealthy. All the stuff that you need to make your life more pleasant and it will make you easier to do God's commands. God says, no problem. I'm in. So now we've answered this contradiction that we said before. In other words, you have this week's Torah portion says that we don't, we don't, um, that, that if you listen to God, you get rewarded in this world. We have the Talmud that says you don't get rewarded in this world at all. So the answer is it depends. If you're the kind of person that does stuff because you understand, you're going to have to be rewarded. You did good stuff, right? But that reward is only in the next world. But if you went above and beyond, God says, I'll also give you stuff here, which in turn will allow you to do even more good stuff. That becomes this fascinating answer. Now, once we talk about above and beyond, it, it is amazing how above and beyond people can go. And as we, we talk about this, if you set your mind to it, if you dream it, if you want to do it, how much can you do if you just know that you need to get it done? So here's a fascinating story. Um, it's not recent, but it's not such an old story either. So ahead of a school, Rashiva walks in, is in Israel, sees a group of guys, probably just uh, schmoozing, maybe not spending their time doing the Torah study, but maybe it was a break. In any case, um, he walks in, he sees seven guys sitting around a table. He says, guys, in two hours from now, our school, our yeshiva, will be um, hosting a wedding. There's a, a young couple, and they want to get married, and there's some family issues, and we went to a great rabbi, Rechaim Kinevsky, and he said they should get married right now. It was right before Rosh Hashanah. So um, you guys get everything ready. And the Rashiva walks out. And they look at each other. Get everything ready? From where? From what? It's not like we have money. It's not like we could go find a caterer now or chairs. Or this. So, you know, each one starts, okay, we'll take the Rashiva's chair and we'll put a tablecloth on it. That will be for the bride. And... And we'll take the covering for the for the bima in the in the um, where we study, and we'll set that up on poles. That'll be the the chuppah. Another guy says, you know, I'll run and get. You know, they have these free loan places. I'll get candles. Um, another guy says, oh, you know, my father has a has a meat store. Maybe he'll donate some meat. So he calls up. Um, he calls up his father, and his father says, what's the story? What's going on? And the kid tells him, and the father's like, hey, I'll send you all the pastrami you need. I'm, I'm supplying the pastrami for the wedding. Great. The pastrami's going to be coming. Okay, now the guys sit around. Okay, we have an hour and 45 minutes. And, um, I mean, so we'll have a little bit of meat. We have a chair. We have a chuppah. We'll get some candles. But, like, we're not ready. We're not ready. So one of the guys says, you know, my uncle works for the Central Voice. It was some type of pirate radio station, and a lot of religious Jews, it seems, listen to it. So he said, let me call my uncle. So he calls his uncle, his uncle says, well, it's a joke. I know you know I have a radio station. You want me to believe in less than two hours you're making a wedding. What are you out of your mind? He says, no, no. He says, let me call you. Give me the phone number of your Rashiva. Let me call him. He calls him back five minutes later. The uncle says, true. So what should we do? So he tells the uncle, just start talking about it on your radio program. Here's the school number. Let people call. Let's see what happens. What should we do? 
So he starts talking. Now they go to pray the afternoon prayers. It comes back 20 minutes later, and the phone rings. Hello? Yeah, you the guys making a wedding? Um, yes. Sorry about the And then uh, there's a click. Next guy, oh, you make a wedding? Click. Uh, oh, wait, one second. Okay, he starts going through. Okay, you know, oh, uh, how can I help you? Uh, I would like to send cakes. I would like to send soda. I would like to send paper goods. A band calls up and says that we would like to play. Some guys say, send the ice. And all of a sudden, in the next hour, taxis are pulling up one after another after another. Food, paper goods, tablecloths, tables and chairs, um, uh, all kinds of food. You just uh, pouring in, just pouring in. It was unbelievable. His uncle calls him back like an hour later, and his uncle says to him, "So, um, uh, what? You, uh, has did anybody call you?" He says, "Uncle, you know what's going on over here. The place is rocking. We got more food than we could ever imagine." Anyways, so this story keeps going, but I think you get the gist of the story because the music is playing. But when you put your mind to something, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Thank you, of course, all wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to the production team. We have Al in the back today. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. Every room inside